exterior shot, night. The moon is full in the sky above, as the camera sweeps slowly over an old pine forest, expansive, stretching for miles in every direction. We see a gravel road, from this distance just a twisting line snaking through the forest until we push in closer. A rusting and beat-up old boat of a car zooms through the frame, kicking up dust behind it. We push in further, seemingly following the car, but then we turn, suddenly, down a narrow dirt path surrounded on all sides by gnarled pines. We push in further, faster, until the trees are almost a blur around us, and we keep pushing. A small, windowless shack stands ahead of us, and still we keep pushing forward, right into and then through the closed door. We're inside a dimly lit room with bare walls, partially drywalled but mostly plain two-by-fours with fluffy pink insulation intermittently shoved and stapled here and there. The camera pushes in further yet, into an open hatch on the floor, down a ladder, through a short tunnel. Everything goes white momentarily and then comes into focus. We're in a large underground lab, sterile and brightly lit. A massively large figure lies on an operating table, half covered with tarpaulin. We see another figure, from the back, bent over the table. A woman, dressed in all white, her long hair tied in a high ponytail. She holds out an arm expectantly, and a lackey in a hazmat suit brings her a chainsaw. The woman powers it on, and we hear the visceral growl of the saw, and see a shower of bright orange sparks erupt. Then she turns it off and hands it back to the lackey. Finally, she reaches over to a large tome sitting nearby and quickly, without looking, opens to the middle of the book. She holds her right hand over the book, cupping her hand and rotating it as if opening an invisible door. Then she speaks an incantation in some ancient language, slowly pulling her arm away from the book before bending over the figure on the table. An extreme close-up of the woman, her mouth, her lips, close to another, the figure lying on the table, looking not quite human, but we can't really tell. All we see are its thin, dusty lips. The woman whispers a word, speaks a hidden name, and pushes her hot breath into the just-open mouth of the figure on the table. From above, we see the woman stand straight and back away. The figure on the table's eyes open with a start. Welcome to Roll for Friendship. I'm Jim McIntyre. Here with me, as always, is Jonathan Pass. Hello. Uh, and with us, welcome, we have Jax Thomas. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me here. Uh, we're very excited to have you. We're actually playing a game that you have made today, Jax. Do you want to tell us about Bump in the Dark? Yeah. Uh, Bump in the Dark is a forged in the dark game um, about hunting monsters in a kind of post-industrial small town. Um, and uh, it's a little different than some Forge in the Dark games. It 
is very investigation focused. It uses clues. Um, but unlike many investigation games, I do not know what the solution is. I don't know the answer to the mystery. We will play to find out together that is. So it's a bit like, well, it's a Forge in the Dark. It's a bit like Monster of the Week. It's a bit like Brindlewood Bay. It's got lots of influences and other ones that I haven't played. Those are the games I'm familiar Those with. Those are the big ones for sure. I have played it once and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm excited to... Uh, dive back in. So yeah, I guess welcome to Bump for Friendship. <laughs> friendship in the dark. I, I don't know that that's better, but it's not dark enough here. Yeah, it's middle of the day. Uh, well, it's actually morning, a different vibe for us to record in than normal. Yeah, coffee in hand rather than anything stronger. Yeah. I thought about getting mimosas, but <laughs> I didn't know if that would be the spooky vibes. <laughs> spooky brunch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, spooky part. Brilliant. So So the primary mechanic in the game is what's called an action roll. Um, So you're going to state your goal and choose an action from your character sheet to kind of describe how you're going to accomplish that goal. Based on what you're trying to do, your role will have a position, either safe, risky, desperate, or hopeless. And that kind of tells us how bad it's going to be if you don't succeed. Um, and also kind of how much you'll get if you do. All dice that we'll use will be uh, six-sided dice. Um, You'll generally be rolling between one and four, maybe sometimes five of them. And for the most part, we'll kind of pick it up as we go. All the other mechanics are really kind of evolve out of that same basic roll. So So I think we start, uh, we pick up inside a diner. Flashing on the screen in in big, uh, bold letters is Last Pine on Tonagon. And we're inside the the Double Z Diner, and it's a pretty busy morning uh, for maybe maybe it's unusual, maybe not, I'm not sure. But uh, why don't you introduce your characters uh, who are sitting at one of the booths here in this diner? Yep. Uh, crowding one side of the booth is Bold Bly, taking up a considerable amount of space, quite a like banquet of food piled in front of Bold. Uh, Bold is, yeah, a, a hulking muscular figure, uh, broad shoulders, muscled, scarred and weathered with long dark hair and a nose that looks like it's been broken repeatedly uh, and quite a few scars as well. Uh, he's wearing a uh, green flannel. Sorry, that's probably the Australian way to say Australian balance. What do you you call this kind of shirt? A flannel flannel shirt. Flannel shirt. Okay. Um, I'm cosplaying at the moment. Uh, And, yeah, he's wearing a uh, grey flat cap as well. That was his grandfather's. And he's tucking into an assortment of breakfast food. Okay. I didn't realise we were cosplaying. It just kind of happened. It really, it's yeah. a really good thing for the audio medium. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, on the other side of the booth is a, not a small man, but looks like a small man by comparison, with the contrast of uh, bold on the other side, uh, wearing a um, very kind of clean but faded seersucker suit. Think big lapels, think... Um, Think uh, Miami Vice, but way out of uh, 
way out of um, its time period uh, and thinning hair, kind of just a little bit of a weaselly look. Think um, used car salesman mm. a little bit uh, and yeah, just mainlining uh, coffee, two cups on the go. I don't think you said your name. Ah, uh, and his name is Rick Garcia. Right, so Rick and Bold uh, are sitting in the, the double Z um, having their breakfast and what uh, what brings Rick and Bold to Last Pine? I think Bold uh, was a local. Bold moved out of the area for crime reasons. Uh, Bold was tangled up with the uh, Torini family. Uh, yep, it was an enforcer for the Torini family. Uh, and recently, tell me if you don't like this because I'm making it a a call for your character. I think sure. Rick pulled a con on the Torini family uh, and Bold kind of enabled that uh, and then sort of saw this as his way out of crime. Even though Rick is a con man. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, it's like different crime. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think Rick's a petty con man and I, I don't know if this is established, but I imagine that there are like supernatural things going on at Last Pine. Hmm. And he doesn't particularly believe in that stuff, but he thinks that there's a good grift to go and like that, that people do believe in that stuff. And mm. now that makes them vulnerable to throwing loads of money at somebody who says they can solve that problem. Maybe so. Bold told Rick about some like stories from his childhood of like supernatural yeah. stuff that just happens in Last Pine. Yeah. That's so, kind of why they're back. I like well, to imagine that uh, Rick has just that Ghostbusters, the film, exists in this universe and that he has just blatantly co-opted the branding of Ghostbusters and has just strolled into town being like, oh, yeah, I'm a Ghostbuster. That what was, that year was, was Ghostbusters? Definitely before 1995. So, okay. Oh, that's cool. a thing so, that I should have mentioned. This game takes place in 1995. So, yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. So you've been here for a few days. You're staying at a place called the, the uh, Timberline Motel, kind of on the, the outskirts of, of Last Pine. And what you've sort of found about Last Pine um, so far is that there's de there's always whisperings of the supernatural, but no one ever really says it out loud. People don't want to believe that this stuff is true. And I think, uh, Rick, you're actually running into uh, a little problem that your grift isn't as easy as you were expecting it to be. Not because people don't believe, but because no one is willing to, to kind of admit that they believe enough to say, well, we're going to hire you to, to, you know, bust some ghosts or whatever. But I think that um, still, you know, you've been handing out business cards probably or flyers or something, right? And uh, you, uh, you've also been, you know, kind of keeping your ear to the ground for, for any sort of strange uh, circumstances. And I think that's kind of where we find ourselves now, the, the camera sort of moves from uh, the booth that you and Bold share uh, down to the other side of the diner where we see two police officers also having breakfast. Bold, you probably, being from here originally, recognize Sheriff Joe Truss, uh, the sheriff of the, the Last Pine uh, PD. And uh, she's here with her, her deputy, uh, Deputy Dale Wheeler. And they're trying to keep it quiet, but I, I think that probably both of you are, are able, if you listen close enough, to kind of hear what they're talking about. And they, they're they talking about a murder. 
I'm going to try and get closer in a very subtle, non-subtle way uh, because Bold's huge. He's going to kind of try and act like he is ran out of ketchup, mm. uh, which requires using all the ketchup in his bottle. He tips into one of the empty coffee cups of Rick uh, and is going to bustle up to the counter like, I'm out of ketchup, need some Need some more ketchup. Can't have my pancakes uh, without ketchup. Uh, Zebulon, who's one of the owners of the, the Double Z, is at the counter and, and kind of gives you a look. Uh, ketchup on your pancakes, you say. Uh, well, all, all right, uh, I'll, uh, I'll run him back and, and get you a, a whole bottle. Um, do you want to roll something here, do you think? Yeah. Would it be, I don't know, study or... I guess it's not hunt. Um, <laughs> is it sneak? <laughs> I, I have to say what you uh, described sounds a lot like sneak to me. Uh, you get to yeah, decide what, what you're rolling. but um, So you uh, sneak is not a highlighted skill for you, a uh, highlighted action. Nope. So you start with zero dice. You can stay at zero dice if you'd like, which means you roll two dice and take the lower. Uh, or you can push your luck. You can mark one luck to take a bonus die, or if you would like, you can make a deal with the darkness, uh, which basically something, I'm not going to say something bad, but uh, something complicated, Uh, a complication will happen uh, regardless of whether you uh, succeed or fail uh, on this roll. It feels high stakes for <laughs> listening to some information. The complication um, is they've run out of ketchup. Information you're definitely going to get because if you don't get it, the game isn't going to work. So, <laughs> Yeah, but still. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I might push my luck. Why not? Okay. We need this info and I need that ketchup. <laughs> All right, I've marked luck. So does that give me three dice? Is no, that-, that gives you one. Uh, so you uh, go up yeah. from zero to one. So, okay. And I was, I was, I was going to say this is. I, I think this is. You're in a safe position. Um, I, I think that uh, nothing terribly bad is going to happen here if you don't. Uh, um, but you, you rolled a four. So on a uh, safe four, you accomplish uh, more than expected, but there's a minor consequence. So you're definitely going to be able to hear sort of the rest of this uh, this conversation. As far as the consequence. I think that, uh, you know, Sheriff Joe and Deputy Dale are going to realize that you're listening. Uh, not bef- not before you get the information, um, but they will realize that you're listening. Um, now, if you'd like, you can resist that consequence. No, I think that makes sense because maybe Sheriff Joe would even recognize Bold from when he used to be <laughs> around. Yeah, how old is Bold? Uh, I don't know. I think like maybe late thirties. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sheriff Joe's probably in her mid to late forties. So uh, maybe she even, maybe she used to babysit bold when bold was a a kid or something. Yeah. Yeah. So the information that you get, you find out that, that two, uh, last pine residents, um, both employees of the grand soot Hill mining concern. That's kind of the major employer in the last pine sort of, uh, area, um, were found murdered in their homes, um, in an especially brutal manner, limbs ripped off, skulls crushed in. And as you're listening, you also catch details that there were some kind of sigils left on the walls of their homes drawn in blood. 
I think at that, uh, I think it's actually Deputy Dale that realizes that someone's listening and he kind of just like elbows uh, Sheriff Joe and she looks over and she smiles this big, broad smile at you, Bold. And she kind of takes her time getting out of her booth and walking up to you. Um, I'm going to kind of look nervously at Rick in a like, I'm trying not to draw attention to Rick, but definitely <laughs> drawing attention to Rick kind of way. Uh, and then move towards the sheriff and say, Joe, good to see you. Hey out there, uh, Bold. It's uh, real good to real good to see you. How long you been back in town? Um, and now, um, yeah, I just, just got in an hour ago. Haven't been up to anything. Good to see you, though. Yes. Uh, and Bold keeps looking over in Rick's direction as well. <laughs> uh, Sheriff Joe looks over. Um, and uh, Bold, uh, who's your who's your friend there? Uh, never met him. Just he sat down at my table uh, while I was eating. It was quite rude, actually. Uh, but yeah. Well, I always like to uh, make acquaintances with people who are new in town. So uh, she heads over to the table. And I think <laughs> Bold kind of shrugs uh, broadly. Uh, and she sits down actually in uh, in Bold's seat, I think, right across from Rick. Bold awkwardly tries to sit next to her. The name's Rick Garcia, and uh, I'm uh, here in town uh, solving, mm, uh, help me with the language here, Bold. Uh, Rick is a spirit buster. Spirit buster? We're still working on the branding. Uh, Who are you going to (laughs) call? We're trying to get away from the whole Ghostbusters thing. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Um, you know, actually, don't I remember Bold? You were you were a, a fan of that one, the the Ghostbusters there. Yep, favorite movie. Saw it many times. Uh, yeah, good memory. Well, uh, there then. Uh, I, I guess it was uh, good seeing you, Bold. Uh, tell your folks I said hello, and uh, uh, Mr. Garcia. Um, I. I um, Hope you find some business, but I, I wouldn't hold my breath if I were you. We don't really get much of that spooky stuff around here. Um, you have smelled on them. You can always tell when someone's lying. Uh, <laughs> she is lying. Yeah. Yeah. What about them murders you were just talking about? That sounds pretty spooky to me. She puts her head in her hand and kind of sighs. Ah, uh, you heard that uh, there then, did you? Ah, uh, yeah. Just getting some catch up for my... Ketchup pancakes, just like Mama used to. I don't make. remember that when I used to babysit for you. Uh, only, only on special occasions. Uh-huh. Well, that's official police business. There, uh, if uh, she, uh, do you, do you, do you like? Where, where do you keep your business cards, Rick? Uh, jacket pocket, I think. Like, you yep. Know. yep, yep. She reaches in and takes one, and just says, "Well, uh, I guess if I need a consultant." Uh, I know who I'm going to call. <laughs> that goes on for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she walks away well before you, you're finished laughing. Rick, yeah, Rick's just frazzled by the whole interaction. I'm just like, <sighs> well, I guess we could go and like, start poking around and maybe find something and then we can grift him. Is that how it works? I I thought we could start smaller and murder. 
So now, really now you sound like Doc Brown from Back to the Future. <laughs> That's exactly what it's I'm trying like to evoke a little bit of Nicolas Cage. Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 I can see that. I feel like Nick Cage is like the... Yeah, just trying to tune it in. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, so what do y'all want to do? Doc Brown is good. Yeah, Doc Brown is good. I guess, I don't know, would we just rock up to the place? Could we just like approach the crime scene? That, I mean, that's that's our only lead at the moment, right? So now. it was a couple of murders that happened at people's houses, but those people work for the Grand Soot Hill right. Miners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I mean, we don't know where the houses are. We could try and hit up the sheriff for more information. Well, how, how about how about this? We can just kind of uh, just for for ease of of moving things forward. Uh, you heard the names of the. Uh, of the, the people that were murdered. And actually they both uh, live in the same apartment building. Bob Norman is the name of, of one of them. And uh, the other is, has a name, I'm sure. Let's say. Also Bob Norman. <laughs> <laughs> They're both named Bob Norman. <laughs> Bob Norman and Keith Whitlow. I think, I think prob- they probably, you know, use the name of like the apartment building where they live or something which I, th- I think you'd be able to figure out where that yeah where that is gold disappears for a moment and returns to the table and plops a large yellow uh book on the table it's something called a phone book <laughs> i'm assuming they had them yes the white pages are the ones that have just regular f- white yellow pages are businesses only so i guess the app yeah, of the apartment building would be in the yellow pages so there you go yeah yeah brilliant that's that's how we find it. Do you want us to roll for yellow pages? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's the new name of the podcast, Roll for Yellow Pages. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the uh, the Arrowhead Apartments. You don't even have to turn very far into the yellow pages uh, to find it. Um, you get the address. And it's not terribly far from uh, the diner. It's kind of, you know, the diner is sort of on like the main stretch in, uh, in Last Pine. It's in more of like a residential neighborhood but last pine isn't a terribly big city it's 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 you know it's a small city and you can probably you know walk from one end to the other without too much hassle but you also are welcome to have a a vehicle if i can make a pitch maybe that rusty old boat of a car that we saw in the cold open yeah i think that makes sense that sounds like a bold car i I feel like you'd have something seemingly nicer yeah potentially so, yeah, I, I think we jump in our boat of the car uh, and we head on over to the Arrowhead Apartments. Yeah. That was what you said, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the scene at Arrowhead is not, it's not chaotic now, but you can tell that it was just moments earlier, right? I think that probably, um, probably there's still a squad car here. There, there's still some uh, police um, presence, but for the most part, things are kind of cleared out. There's that yellow crime tape. And, uh, I think you can actually see, this is like probably like a, just like a two or three story apartment building, let's say two stories. And, uh, there's a big kind of picture window in, uh, one of the ground floor apartments and it has been shattered. And, uh, that seems, uh, like that might be your place. Mm. All right. Bold turns to Rick uh, as they, they're they sitting in the car out the front. How do you want to play this? 
thoughts. I, I I don't want to play this. I this is I wanted something small potatoes and you brought me to a murder scene. Yeah, a spooky murder scene. You wanted to deal with spooky stuff. Here's spooky stuff. So I say we go in and we pretend that Sheriff Joe hired you. She took your business card. It's as good as hiring. I, I, I'm happy to play along for now, but I don't actually think there's supernatural stuff going on. I just think somebody got murdered. Yeah, and then we solve it and we get paid. We become detectives. Uh, and we, I don't know, start a detective agency. Uh, Rick, Rick is just kind of head in hand, accepting his fate and moving towards the building at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you see... Uh... An older uh, sheriff's deputy smoking a cigarette, uh, sitting on the the kind of stoop of this apartment building, and sort of looks as uh, as the two of you near. Um, I imagine you probably have to like go under some of that yellow police tape, and uh, just kind of like looks at you for a little while. Uh, I'm gonna kind of gesture towards Rick. Do you want to handle this? Uh, flick out a business card. I like this idea that, like, Rick is is a mess, but he can, like, fully turn it on at certain mm-hmm. points. So he's like, ah, oh, how you going? It's Rick Garcia. And uh, we're just coming in for the consulting of the, you know, the... You, you heard about it, right? Oh, what? what, what? Uh, hold on. He stubs out his cigarette and it's, like, kind of reaching for his, uh, his radio. Uh, he has, like, a, a walkie on his belt, uh, presumably to, to radio in to the, to the station. Uh, to kind of check on this consultancy hey, uh, thing. Said, who uh, yeah. the sent us uh, here? Sheriff Joe sent us here. So you don't need that. Uh, and I'm going to try and like cover the walkie-talkie so that he, uh, the person can't touch it, but I'm accidentally going to crush it. Do you want me to roll for wreck? <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there is no... Just break the antenna. Yeah, there is no wreck skill. Um... I think that would be a, a, a rumble, but I don't, I actually, I, I wonder though, if actually what's happening here is, uh, Rick is actually going to make uh, a role to try to convince this guy. And this is an assist. Uh, you're, you're helping, uh, if you're, if you're willing to mark the luck, you're helping him, uh, yep. do this. Cause I think you can just reach down and, and break this thing. I don't think you have to roll to do that. Um, I just wanted to crush it real good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So you are rolling sway, I'm guessing. Yes. Which is a marked skill. Yeah. So uh, you, so the way uh, the, the actions work, um, if they're uh, marked or highlighted, then you're going to roll dice equal to the total number of highlighted actions under uh, an attribute. So there's three attributes, body, heart, and mind sway is under heart and you have a, a two in it. So you'll be starting with two dice. Uh, this is risky. We've definitely moved into a risky position now and uh, you can push your luck for a bonus dice. Uh, you're going to get a bonus die uh, from uh, uh, bold helping. So you're actually going to be at three dice, uh, but you can also push your luck if you want a fourth or you can make a deal with the darkness. I feel like three is good. I mean, this one is also important. Like, we need to get in there. Um, I can push my luck if you think that. I mean, it's your call. Good idea. It's your call, but I'm marking it already. Let's do that. (laughs) It's your call, but I'm marking it. 
All right. So, so you're really kind of just going in on this, uh, you know, this story that that Sheriff Joe hired you, and that's that's sort of why you're why you're here. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and uh, and roll four d six, and that is a crit when you roll uh, when you roll two sixes, uh, two or more sixes. Uh, that is a uh, critical hit. Um, so we solved it. We've solved the mystery. Yeah. <laughs> the murder is right there. <laughs> On a uh, risky critical, you succeed as if you're in a safe position. And if you are searching for a clue, you may get a void clue. Um, void clues are a mechanic for campaign play. Probably not going to come into, into play here. But um, you definitely are going to find uh, a clue of some, of some kind. I think what happens is uh, this guy's just kind of like, oh, oh. Okay, okay. And Ken notices like that his radio is broken and he gives you a, a very dirty look bold and he's like, I've got to go back to the GD car now. And he uh, he walks away and as he stood up, um, you actually see uh, an evidence bag that he must have dropped. And uh, inside is uh, what looks to be a... Uh, a pink slip. Y'all know what a pink slip is? Like, yeah, you know, someone gets fired from a job, right? Um, I think the name is like scratched out on it, uh, but it's a pink slip from the mine. Wait, someone gets fired from it. I thought a pink slip was like your ownership of a car. Like you were just... Yeah, it's just the country difference. Okay. Oh, to... All right. Well, hey, now <laughs> I know too. Difference. I thought it was like racing for pink slips. Oh, that's, there is that. Yeah. I've heard yeah, that okay. too. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't actually have pink slips in Australia. We have no. our registrations on yeah, it, but yeah. yeah, huh? But this is a slip that says someone lost their job. Yes, it, right. And I, I will. I just to be safe, I, uh, I looked it up in the dictionary. It says informal North American, a notice of dismissal from employment. So. All right. There we go. We're learning about another culture. <laughs> I want it, but the car thing sounds really familiar to me too. Yeah, Fast and the Furious, I think they do it. I'm sure it's a way of describing your registration. Yeah. yeah, I remember the, uh, oh, what's the name of that video game? Um, the L.A. Noir. Uh, that's a, a side plot yeah. is uh, something with pink slips. Anyway, that's very relevant to this. So you find a pink slip. The, the name, uh, I don't know if it's scratched. I think actually the slip is torn. But you can see clearly someone was uh, dismissed from uh, the Grand Soot Hill mine do we recognize the, the name is is you can't see the the name on it oh okay. yeah um it is torn off or uh you know yeah i think torn off it doesn't make sense that it'd be scratched out and uh since you have a you got a crit um i think you hear um you hear that uh deputy in the background uh just kind of yell oh gd at all and uh you look and you see he has locked his keys in his squad car so you are free to Go into the crime scene if you would like. Alrighty. Do we? We only have the one clue at the moment, right? Yes. The mm -hmm. Pink slip. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just realized I should write those. Yes, down. that's definitely a good idea. Yeah. Um, clues in this game do have kind of a mechanical weight, so it's helpful to keep good track of them. Rick just waltzes in. I think he's in it now. Mm -hmm. He's like in in character in a weird way. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm on the job, and he's just willing to kind of. You know, all right, but we're solving a murder, I guess. So he's just straight in there. 
Uh, are we approaching the broken window? Like maybe that's how we enter? Because there's that was what you described, right? There's a big broken window along the ground. There's floor. a big broken window. Uh, you probably can just get in through the front door though without this cop stationed here. Um, yeah, but if you want to climb in through the big window, you can. Uh, there is like you know shards of glass and stuff still still there. Um, if you want to take a peek through the window, I mean, yeah, okay, that that, that, that happened. That happened in character. Paul's like, "Do we go in the window?" <laughs> it's like, there's no one in front of the door. Now. Uh, but yeah, Bob will peek through the window and see what he can see. Yeah, it's a pretty ghastly scene. The the whole apartment is kind of turned upside down. Furniture is broken. You know, there's a, a maybe like a, a bookshelf that's knocked over. The refrigerator seems to have like a uh, a big dent in the door, um, almost like a, I think it was punched. Um, but bold, maybe you could put a dent like that in a in a refrigerator door, but most people couldn't. And uh, there's a lot of blood now drying, uh, kind of everywhere. Um, you know, the police have finished up here, but no one's, you know, no kind of cleanup crew has been, been sent in yet. You don't see, uh, any sign of any people in there. I think that probably when Joe and Deputy Dale were talking, they did mention, um, that Bob has a wife, Rosalind. Um, so it's possible that she might be around somewhere um, or, you know, who, who knows? She's probably in shock. She's probably maybe with family or something unknown. Uh, but as far as you can tell, there's not anybody in the apartment. Bold is going to turn to Rick and place his hand over Rick's eyes. It's a pretty ghastly scene. You don't want to see that. Just looking out for you. Uh, should we go in through the front door? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. So you, uh, you know, I think the front door is one of the ones that sort of automatically locks and there's like buzzers to the apartments, but it's been propped open with a brick and you're able to just sort of, uh, you know, uh, open it up and go in and uh, you're in sort of like a small, like kind of, I guess, lobby, like on your uh, right, there's uh, mailboxes, Let's say there's like six or eight of them for the apartments that are in here. Um, a... A set of stairs going up and then uh, on your left, a hallway that kind of goes to the back and the first door is open and it's obviously the, uh, the apartment that, that Bold just looked in the window of. Before we leave the lobby, is there a mailbox with Bob and Rosalind's name? Yeah, there's definitely one that says uh, Norman on it. Yeah, Norman, not Bob. Um, well, Bob, Bob Norman was his name. Norman's Bob the last Norman, name. Yep. That's right. Uh, can I look in the mailbox? Yeah, I think it's probably uh, probably locked. I tear it. But yeah, I think you can just. I'm just gonna. You can just do that. Um, we're we're establishing in in the fiction your uh, your physical prowess. Yeah, <laughs> you're able. You kind of put your your hand, uh, your 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 kind of meaty fingers in through the slot and just grab it and pull, and it opens. And it's empty. Why don't it being empty isn't fun? Um, (laughs) What what could be in there? I think that there's a thick uh, sort of like legal sized envelope um, addressed to Robert Norman, um, and the return uh, address is the Grand Soot Hill Corporate Office. Okay, 
Are, uh, are you gonna break that open? Uh... That's mail fraud. That's legal. <laughs> Gotta draw a line somewhere. So you put it back? <laughs> yeah, put it back. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the line. <laughs> Is Rick gonna open it? Balls, put it back. Yeah, I think Rick uh, reveals like a letter opener and very carefully opens it because mm-hmm. he's like, I can reseal this if I'm careful. Do you want to mark him to mark load uh, if he's revealing a letter opener? Uh, that, that's actually, uh, that's a good question. Um, I I don't think so. Maybe a pocket knife. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you like Why don't you mark load? You have a pocket knife. You 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 pulled out a, a yeah. pocket knife. I feel like having a letter opener is a little weird. Yeah, but a pocket knife would make a bit more sense. I mean, it could be something as part of your lock pit lock pick set as well, like some kind of like file right. or something. But yeah, why don't you mark off one load? Uh, uh, you, you pull out your your pocket knife and use it to slice this envelope open, and uh, and you kind of look through it, and um, as far as you can tell, it's. Uh, and I think that we'll we'll make this a, a a clue, even though you didn't roll to get it. Uh, I think uh, it's a the the details of a promotion that Bob has been offered. So, like promotion letter, if you want to write that down as a clue. What's uh, the date on it? Is it like you don't need to give me a specific date, but is it like recent? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, you know it's probably like you know four days ago or something like that. And the pink slip, did that have a date on it? Obviously, it didn't have a name. I think that probably the whole like kind of top part of it was torn off where the name and the, the yeah. date would be. Yeah. Cool. I think seeing that the letter is for Bob Norman, Rick just pockets it. Okay. He's like, no one's coming to collect. Yeah. Like, All right. Like, it just is like, this doesn't contain any relevant information anymore, so he doesn't feel bad about mm-hmm. anyone missing out on it. And, and in fact, he feels like he's probably saving some grief for Rosalind. Okay. Like, that she would find that letter and that would be, a, you know, just resurface some stuff. So he feels like morally justified. Right yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Bold has feelings about you committing mail fraud. Yeah. I, I keep wanting to go into character and be like, the voice is just not like tuned in. And so I keep avoiding like saying anything in character. Just do it. But That's how you uh, get there. What do you what do you want for for the wife to come back and find this letter and get upset all over again? And then have a chance to engage with the grief and process her feelings. <laughs> you can't turn it off, <laughs> <laughs> even in character. Um, if I, I'll leave it if you think that's important, but I I just think it's some evidence and be useful down the line we're in this now we're in for a penny and for a pound it's fine let's bust some ghosts we're gonna get sued <laughs> you uh uh you go into the apartment yes yeah the one that we've already looked at or that did it all take place in one apartment it all took oh uh, you know yeah let's uh let's say um i think you know if you you walk in uh maybe you even can get the the sense that there was like a dinner party going on right so both murders took Bob place. and Keith. Bob and location. Keith were here. Gotcha. Yep. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's quite a, a, a grisly scene. I think uh, w- without getting too gross, I think, you know, the bodies have been cleaned up, but there's still some you know, kind of viscera uh, left behind. Um, and yeah, I think maybe the, the main thing that you see as you sort of uh, walk in are these uh, sigils uh, drawn in what appears to be blood um, on basically, 
you know, any available surface. Uh, well, not ever any available surface, but on the walls, um, lots of these sigils. Can I spell or? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> you could study them. <laughs> I was like, what's the bump policy? <laughs> Discern reality. Yeah, I mean, I think that you could study them. Um, I mean, if you make a, a, a pitch to me, like why you might know these uh, as sort of a petty mm. con man, you know, what your familiarity with the, the occult is. I think my familiarity with the occult comes from that's the job that he's doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. So the the research, I mean, I guess in these days he went to the library and, <laughs> and looked up as much as he could. He's like trying to find, you know, pages of the Necronomicon and <laughs> things that are just like weirdly occult and fringe that mm-hmm. he's like pulling on just so that he feels like he can be informed when he's getting in these conversations. So I think it there's some possibility that he might've seen something like this, but not have like a deep seated knowledge about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if you want to uh, study, we can see if you're, you're able to piece anything together. It's probably important to know that bold's been doing research as well. He rented the VCR of ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) Bold's really like doubled down on the ghostbusters thing. I think it was like a, an off comment (laughs) that Rick had made. Uh, so like, it's just one dice, right? Yeah, I have study. Yeah, yeah so you have uh, you have one in study. Um, this is still still risky. And uh, would you like to push your luck? Would you like to make a deal with the darkness? Is bold helping? I'm tempted to make a deal with the darkness just to like invoke that mechanic. Sure, yeah, <laughs> uh, I love that for the sake of good podcasting as well. Sure. <laughs> is Rick used to seeing stuff like this? Like, you know, kind of all this blood and. Oh, no, I think he's very upset. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that probably what uh, the uh, deal with the darkness here is that uh, you will take a, a condition. And I think that that condition would be. Can I suggest one? Yeah. Queasy. Queasy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sure, that's that's not one of the official uh, conditions, but I think that that works. <laughs> um, that sounds like that would be. I don't. Do we think that's body, heart, or mind, Queasy? Body. Uh, well, it depends. Do you like? Uh, do you think that this is affecting him psychologically more than it's affecting him physically? Because I think you were getting it like a psychological harm kind of. That's thing. what I was thinking, but I mean, you tell me how. How would you know? How would this affect? Yeah, I think that that's probably more the the thing, right? Like, I think it's it's more of like a disturbance. Like, I don't know what's an official mind condition that we can draw. I mean, I think just like maybe like a, a distracted or, or overwhelmed. Um, and basically, what what happens when you have one condition um, in a an attribute? Um, you'll have worse position when you're using that attribute so you know, safe becomes risky risky becomes desperate desperate becomes hopeless gotcha. so which is great because you are using mind yeah yeah i think that makes sense okay it's like he's trying to study a thing mm-hmm. but that thing is also drawn in blood so yeah. it's kind of upsetting yeah well and I'm, i i think that you won't take worse position on this role um but you know moving forward uh when you when you use mm-hmm. mind uh, actions 
then you'll you'll have worse position. Um, so this is going to be uh, risky. Um, that gives you a bonus dice so that puts you at two dice. So two dice. Do you want to click roll? You can click roll, Jim. Click to roll. I trust you. Oh, no. oh, <laughs> oh. Mm-mm. yeah. Well, I mean, thankfully your position didn't hadn't worsened yet. Um, so on a uh, risky one to three, uh, you got a three. Things go badly, and there's a major consequence. So you're 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 looking at you're looking at these sigils uh, in the sort of you know dried or drying blood on the walls, and uh, you you don't you don't recognize uh, these these sigils. Um, I, I you know actually I think you you do, but you can't quite put it together. Like it's it's you know. That feeling when there's a word on the tip of your tongue, right? You're like reaching for it, but can't quite grasp it. And so I think two things are going to happen here. Um, one, I am going to tick the countdown clock. So uh, one of the kind of major tools in this game or elements of this game is a countdown clock uh, where things start getting worse. I'm going to, to uh, fill in one segment on the countdown clock. It's a four. Do we know how many segments? Okay. Yep. So yeah, uh, we do. I like to keep the clocks public as much as we can uh, over over this format. Um, so nothing bad has happened yet other than uh, this getting ticked. But uh, if it gets ticked again, uh, we're going to be kind of at uh, the next step in the countdown. Um, you can resist that if you like. You can, you can resist any and all uh, consequences. But uh, the other thing that happens is you hear a, a, a woman's voice coming from out in the hallway. Actually, you hear you hear a couple of people. And it sounds like they're walking in the direction of this apartment from down the hallway. And you hear, you know, uh, someone, kind of an older woman's voice saying, Roz, no, you, we don't, we don't want to go back in there. It's, you don't want to see that. And uh, the the younger woman just says, you know, it's it's my apartment. I'll 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 do what I need to do. Um, so Rosalind Norman and whoever she's with um, are headed to the apartment. What do you do? And you you can resist one or both of those things if you would like. Uh, are you going to resist before? Otherwise, I've got to. I don't think so. I don't think that. I think we can deal with this. Yeah. I uh, I think Bold is going to turn to Rick and be like. I've seen parties like this before. I assume they were playing Monopoly. I've been to a couple of these parties. So I'll investigate here. You talk to the bereaved widow. Help her start to move through a pain process. And I'll deal with this situation. How, how about I try and get some information instead? I don't see why you can't do both at the same time. Perhaps. <laughs> right, yeah, Rick's going to go and try and basically, I guess wait by the door okay to try and if she's gonna try and come in then i don't know that i'm trying to stop her getting through but mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. i'd rather uh her realize we were there on our own terms rather than mm-hmm. being like somebody snooping around the apartment right. I, i'm gonna snoop around the apartment <laughs> yeah. um rick i think you can kind of you know peek out through the through the open door and uh see you know a, a young woman probably in her mid twenties, you know, uh, dark hair coming in your direction and a, another woman, an older woman who looks quite like 
this this young woman so presumably it's her mother uh also dark hair with with kind of like silver streaks and currently the the mother is trying to talk her out of uh coming into the apartment so they're kind of halfway down the hall uh just sort of you know talking i guess I'm going to slide the door closed behind me and kind of just step out into the Okay. Uh, they see you, I think, right away, um, unless you're trying to be sneaky. I'm not trying to be sneaky. I think I'm just kind of closing the door. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they both uh, look over to you, and uh, the, uh, the older woman, um, who will name Eileen, she... Uh... Eileen, too. <laughs> just against the door. <laughs> Um, GD it. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> she kind of cocks her head and uh, and and looks at you, and uh, she says, "Can I help you? What are you What are you doing here?" There, there's been a murder. Yes, we're quite aware. My daughter is, and she kind of like pushes Rosalind sort of behind her, like she's kind of you know uh, trying to mama bear this. And and what do you have to do with that? You're you're telling me you're with the the police. The police were already here. We're here in a, a kind of consultancy capacity. Great. So you're fucking Sherlock Holmes. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I I don't think I'm quite as effective as Sherlock Holmes, but we're doing our best to unravel this. Are you going to try and like convince them that there's something spooky going on? Like if that's the grift you're running. Um, maybe, I don't know. I'm, I guess so. Yeah. You don't have to. It de- just... depends. Like, I don't want, I guess like I'm trying to move them on in some <laughs> way. I'm just like <laughs> them being here is a bit of an inconvenience and maybe they have information. But... Yeah. I get. yeah, that's the question. So like, do you, are you just occupying them? Uh, well, bold gets a chance to investigate some more. Are you trying to get them to leave? Are you trying to get information from them? I think that kind of will, uh, color, uh, this, this action. Yeah. I guess I'm just trying to buy time for bold at this point. Okay, sure. I think at least for right now, um, I don't think you need to roll to do Mm -hmm. that. I think that, you know, this woman, uh, Eileen is, uh, you know, she, she's, uh, ready to argue for a while right so i think that you're you're pretty easily able to kind of engage her in a uh, conversation that goes in circles which i think that's probably about what you want here and our advantage is i guess that we just are here like (laughs) they've walked in and we're we were in the room so it's Mm -hmm. like that that she could argue all she wants that we shouldn't be here but we are here Mm -hmm. like (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's like there's got to be some legitimacy the fact like we are just at the crime scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so inside, uh, what's what's Bold up to? Bold firstly checks the fridge. Bold's worked up a hunger already. So <laughs> firstly checks the fridge. I think probably like scoops out a beer. Um, mm-hmm. It's just kind of, uh, which, I don't know, Budweiser. That's uh, very American. <laughs> sure. I think, it's, uh, I think it's probably a ham's. Uh, very, very Northwood, uh, Northwood's beer, um, definitely would be popular here in, uh, in iron country. Um, yes, you, as you open the, 
Actually, maybe you don't even notice it so much when you open the door, um, but you, you go in, you find the beer, you open it up, and then you close it, and then you're like kind of like almost like eye to eye with this big crater, basically, in the, the mm. door uh, of the refrigerator. I think Bold's going to like measure his own fist against the crater, mm-hmm. um, trying, to, trying to get a gauge for like, was this someone who punched the fridge? Like, what do I think made this? Impact? Yeah, I don't think you need to roll anything for that. I think um, it's definitely like fist shaped. Um, you can see the indentations of what seem to be knuckles. Fist sized, on the other hand, um, you have a big meaty fist. You have never seen a fist this big. I mean, I would say it's this is a good, I, I don't know, uh, maybe uh, 10 inches across. Because mm-hmm. you do that in the metric system. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I can't because I'm an we, American. I don't. <laughs> we speak <laughs> inches. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So is that a, do we mark that as a clue? The um, I don't think that that's officially a clue. I think that if you want to uh, find a clue, um, then you can yeah. you can uh, roll something here. Uh, it's twenty five point four centimeters. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. The point four really gets it across. <laughs> right? The yeah, twenty five. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to, I think, just kind of look around at, like, the wreckage and, like, where there's blood and viscera. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I do think that Bold has been in a lot of fights and Bold has hurt a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. that was Bold's job. Uh, so I think that Bold is kind of familiar with uh, scenes of violence. Mm-hmm. So he's going to kind of try and piece together as much as he can some of what took place. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think, uh, Rick has, you know, the, 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 the Norman widow and her mother engaged for the time being you have, uh, you know, this is not, this isn't necessarily your element, but you don't feel out of your element here. I think that this is actually going to be a safe role. So what, a, yep. what, what is it here that we, that we see on screen? You're just sort of like looking through things, you're, Yep. Oh, something I want to do, but I don't know how much sense it makes. Um, I want to punch the fridge to see how Bold's punch lines up with that because I want to use my move bashing heads mm. uh, where when I investigate using actual violence, I take plus one result. So I, I, want, I want to clarify, though, that uh, the first part of that is uh, against minions or mooks, mooks. Yeah. So uh, you're 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 not like intimidating sure, a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. I I, I mean we can, right. we well, can color it with that though. I mean I think definitely, you know when uh, when all you've got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? So makes sense to me that this is how you would uh, presumably study if you can make a pitch for a hunt. Well, you get to tell me what you're doing. Um, I don't I don't tell you. Yeah, maybe I'll just make a pitch for Hunt. I think that Bold is hunting for clues. Mm. Uh, But, like, Bold is hunting for clues by, like, shifting furniture around um, and, like, lifting couches. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, just searching the floors to see, like, are there, like, scratch marks? Are there, like... It's also, like, an active crime scene that the police have swept through. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to find anything new, it's going to be concealed or 
you know, right. it's a sure. strange place. Yeah. So, so it makes sense that it's Hunt. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, well, so you have uh, one in Hunt. Uh, would you like to push your luck? Would you like to make a what deal with the darkness? Deal with yeah. the darkness look like? Because I can ask you that without actually taking it. Correct. Right? Yeah, you can always uh, you can always ask. It's always a free choice. If you don't like the deal being offered, then you can reject it, or you can even suggest how to alter it so you might consider taking it. Because I do have one in mind. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah, make make the pitch. I'm thinking that maybe the deal with the darkness could be that Eileen uh, and co hear all the banging around and the moving of furniture and stuff. Uh, yeah. And, like that's going to increase their intensity of wanting to come. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think that uh, if, if you you take this deal, I'm going to start a four clock and uh, mm-hmm. take it one time. And when that clock fills, they are, they are coming in this, uh, this apartment. So, yeah, um, I will take that deal. All right. And Rick is not the kind of man that can stop. (laughs) (laughs) He has a skill set and it's not that. Brings you up to two dice. All righty. No whammies. Three and a three. I'm so sorry. Um, So (laughs) on a, well, it was a safe three. So at least you have that. Um, On a safe three, you falter. You can press on by seizing a risky opportunity. Or withdraw and try a different approach. I'm gonna press okay, on. yeah. So I think what that looks like here is, um, I think maybe you're actually even a- attempting to be quiet at first. Um, it's becoming clear as you're doing this, and we probably cut out to the hallway and hear some of the banging around. Um, that that is not going to be. It's just not going to be possible. I yeah. think that you. You see that there's something behind the fridge, and so yeah, you can uh, you can look behind it. But I, I think that uh, you know if you're not careful, you have to move it. Yeah, you're going to have to move it. So if you're not careful, uh, you could get hurt or something might happen. I am going to move the fridge. Okay. What what action are you using for that? Compel. <laughs> you compel the fridge. Get out of the way. You shall not pass. Get over here. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to use uh, Rumble for it. Like, I'm going to kind of wrench the fridge out of the way. Yeah. Like, I think that Bold got excited mm-hmm. seeing something and is just like wrenching the fridge out. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you have two in Rumble. You can, if you'd like, for a bonus die, you can push your luck or uh, make another deal with the darkness. I think that I'm just going to roll as is. Okay. Oh. Can I can I offer the deal? It's very simple. And so yeah. I'm just going to tick that clock again. Oh, that's a good deal. I'll do I'll take that deal. See, the fun thing about ticking clocks uh, as a deal with the darkness is you can't resist that. So yeah. it just happens. Um, okay. It just it feels more distant if it's just a ticking of a clock. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. Point of point. Mm-hmm. It also feels slightly inevitable that they will barge through into the yeah. apartment at some point. So. Like, we will have to deal with this at some point. We may as well uh, escalate that. So I'm rolling three dice. Yes. And this is a risky roll. Okay, so it's a five. All right. So on a risky five, uh, you do it, but there's one or more minor consequences, or there is a major consequence. Minor con- I think there's going to be multiple minor consequences. The first being I am going to uh, tick the countdown clock again, and the... Second being, 
we probably cut briefly out to the hallway um, where uh, Rick is engaging uh, Rosalind Norman and, and her mother. And the deputy from earlier uh, comes in uh, holding, you know, those, the, the like cardboard or maybe they're styrofoam, uh, like coffee cup holders. You know what I mean? Like you get them at like a fast food or yeah. Starbucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and holding one of those, he has coffee for himself and presumably uh, the, the, the women that are here as well. Um, and so you hear his voice uh, from the hallway as you you move the refrigerator. Uh, it makes a lot of noise. Everyone looks. That's when we cut out to the hallway. Um, and then he he comes in and you can hear his voice as you're kind of like. Um, but you do you do move the the fridge. And so you do find yeah. uh, a clue. I think I think that you find a uh, packet. uh, uh, uh a stack of uh, letters that are tied together with twine. This is a real moral quandary for Bald. <laughs> <laughs> We've established in the fiction that he <laughs> hates mail fraud. Um, this wasn't in the letter box. Right, and thankfully for you, there's no stamps on these either. Just uh, yeah, It's not a federal crime. It's a loophole. Just the name, yeah. uh, just uh, Roz, R-O-S, uh, on, you kind of, skim through each of the envelopes what do you do uh i'm gonna pocket the envelopes because i'm assuming we're about to mm-hmm. get punted out of this apartment sure. so yeah i'm gonna pocket just them. for the sake of being able to to mark down the the clue that you found um these are love letters i think that maybe somehow that's apparent just from uh the envelopes maybe well maybe the o is a love heart in Ross. there we go yeah absolutely absolutely yeah, so back out in the, the hallway, you hear the, the, the older woman uh, say, Officer, uh, is it true that this man is here as a, a consultant with the, with the, uh, the sheriff's office? Uh, I think Rick, Rick has already gone over and grabbed one of the coffees out of the, the holder and, um, and is saying, we really, need, uh, we really need peace and quiet to do our investigation. Can you keep... These people out. I think he's just trying to power play and like yeah. just be like, I'm supposed to be. Um, I in well, I think that this guy has to. He can't admit that he didn't call it in, right? I, I think that maybe you know we get the sequence of events. Is he can't get into his car. He goes for a walk. There's a you know a coffee place nearby. He gets the coffees. He comes back, and that's about the extent of of what he's done. So he can't admit that he didn't call this in so i think he just agrees with you um well he agrees that 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 you're here on official police business um Mm. i think he's less keen though on uh getting in the middle of of you and uh rosalind norman's uh mother i don't think he's going to like forcibly remove them if you want to roll something to try to convince him uh you can i i think I think buying some time is enough. Yeah. I think that the that second tick on the countdown clock is, uh, Rick, you can see through the door, uh, another squad car pull up. And uh, getting out of the car is uh, the deputy that you saw back at the diner, Deputy Dale. And uh, he kind of like looks, uh, Dale, uh, what was his last name? Wheeler, Dale Wheeler. Um, he looks very, like he's pretty much, my, my face cast for him is just... Um, David Arquette in Scream. 
like just that kind of dumb cop guy. But he yeah. uh, he kind of like looks in the window of the other deputy's cruiser and then like starts walking up towards you. And did I ever give the this other deputy a, a name, the one that's by you? I don't think so. Nope. So let's say his name is Name Generator. Oh, that's not that's not a good name. <laughs> First name name <laughs> James Nemerator. <laughs> Stephen Pacey. Sure, Deputy Pacey. And so uh, Dale uh, kind of sticks his head in and says, "Deputy Deputy Pacey, we've been we've been trying to get a hold of you. Where the what the hell's going on?" And uh, I really don't like acting out conversations between NPCs. Um, so uh, I think that they're kind of just engaged in conversation. Pacey is trying to uh, uh, sort of weasel his way out of trouble um, since he knows that he's in the wrong here. And after the kind of arguing, well, it's not really arguing, but but sort of after the defensiveness uh, kind of dies down, Deputy Dale kind of like leans in and says, there's been more murders. And in the TV show version of this, that's where we would cut to commercial. <laughs> he says that to Pacey. To Pacey. He says that? He's trying, yeah, he's okay. trying to make it, you know, he's trying to not let the, you know, uh, Rosalind hear him. Uh, but he's not, I guess, very good at being uh, secretive in this moment. Right. But uh, yeah, so, you know, we would come back in after commercials, probably like on the same thing. He's just like, three more were found dead. And uh, I think uh, Rosalind and Eileen are kind of like trying to hear. I think just by virtue of where you're standing, uh, you you get you know kind of the the full conversation. Do you do you react in in any way? I I think Rick's play is he he sees uh, Eileen and Rosalind kind of overhearing and tries to like usher the officers out, but like walking with them mm-hmm. like. We should go somewhere private. Like I'm part of this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's his play. Is like he's just like gonna kind of like act like you've been there before, and hope that like the fact that maybe he's sort of won over Deputy Pacey a little mm-hmm, bit, mm-hmm. like or at least like he's at least like in this now. Like mm-hmm. he can't he can't back out of the fact that he's um he has let this happen. Yeah, so. yeah. Do you do you are are you rolling something here? Do you think? I guess that's a connect, maybe. Like yeah. he's trying to like he's trying to like ingratiate himself to them, but in a way of like, okay, like what do we need to do? Like we're mm-hmm. a team now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, uh what I'm gonna say is that this is this is risky. This might even be desperate. I think this is desperate, but uh because Pacey is sort of on your side, um, you get a uh bonus die as if he were assisting you. So that would put you at three for this connect. You could push your luck for another die, um, or you could make a deal with the darkness. I will, yeah, I will push my luck. Go ahead and mark off a uh, luck. And yeah, let's, uh, let's see this. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Unless you're the keeper, then you love to see it. Um, What was your highest? Three. On a desperate three, things break bad and there are going to be consequences. This is the worst result. There's one or more major consequences. So first of all, I I think the, you know, uh, the first thing that happens is, uh, you know, you sort of lead them outside and stepping out of Deputy Dale's cruiser is Sheriff Joe. Sheriff Joe looks at you 
and kind of cocks her head and sort of like shakes her head no. And um, he gives her a finger guns. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can you can resist uh, this consequence uh, if if you would like. Um, I think the other th- the, the consequence of her just being there. So we we can't like you know it's not time travel, um, but I think that uh, the way resisting would work here is uh, you know maybe you kind of lowering your head before she makes eye contact with you or something like that, right? Right. But she's going to figure out I'm there at some point. Probably. Um, The other thing, the other consequence is um, I'm going to finish ticking that other clock and uh, Rosalind is going to bust in to the the apartment. I think that makes sense because we've kind of broken out of there. Yeah. I I would like to resist Joe seeing as my suggestion would be that like, maybe I pull them out of a different exit of the apartment building, like a back door. Okay. And that's closer to our car. And so like we could pretend, like if I was successfully resisted this, we could potentially make it out without her knowing that I was there, except that, you know, she might find out in conversation later. Right. So, so maybe like you start pulling them that way and like you actually see her out there, but she hasn't made eye contact or, you know, she hasn't seen Mm. you. And so you kind of turn the other way. I, I think that makes sense. So the way uh, the way resisting works is uh, it's automatically successful, but you roll to find out how much luck it is going to cost you. Mm-hmm. And I guess you tell me wh- which attribute are you th- do you think that you're using to resist? Is this body, heart, or mind? I guess mind. Yeah. Just in terms of like. Plan, like coming up with a plan on the fly mm-hmm. of like, oh, okay, like maybe he's redirecting and just to another room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thankfully, because this isn't, isn't an action role, uh, the fact that you have a mind condition isn't going to uh, affect it. Okay. So, uh, and what do you have? How many highlighted actions do you have under mind? One. Okay. Just so one. you're going to roll uh, one die and your result will tell us how much luck you mark. One. Okay. That's a good in this case, right? So in other Forged in the Dark games, actually, no, it wouldn't be because it's, it's in other Forged in the Dark games, you take six minus the highest result. Um, so you'd be taking uh, five luck. So it's actually better than other Forged in the Dark games. The way this one works is uh, on a one to three, you mark three luck. Um, okay. And where does that where does that put you? Because you had a couple already. You got one luck left. <laughs> so did, do, did I want to high roll there? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess that's intuitive that like you always want a higher roll. Mm-hmm. Higher roll always it should be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you're you're in dire luck straits. Do be like that. Mm-hmm. So inside the uh, and yeah, you successfully kind of go out the back way and and uh, you know let's let's talk out here. And I think Dale looks over his shoulder because he knows that Sheriff Joe is is here, right? But you you managed to get them out this uh, out this back door and uh, bold. What do we see you doing when uh, Rosalind Norman uh, barges in the door? So I think bold uh, at that time is investigating the broken window. Like I think that he's trying to figure out what broke the window. Like did something go through mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. Like I think that's what Bold's in the middle of investigating okay. um, when they walk in. Yeah, if you want to try to find a clue there, I think you can make a roll. I think it's going to be desperate since they're walking in the door. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that. Uh, yeah, I think he's 
hunting for a clue in the broken glass. Sure. Um. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that resigned. <laughs> um. Resigned keep aside. I mean, so so the description for hunt is carefully track a target, follow the clues, attack with precision or from a distance. I think that following the clues makes sense here. This feels a little bit more like a study to me, but but I think hunt is fine. And yeah, it's it's it's, it's desperate it? anyway. And yep. uh, and you're starting out with one die. Uh, do you want to push your luck or yes? Okay, go ahead and mark off a luck that puts you to I think two. I need to dice here we go it's gonna be a crit well three and three it, equals six. it added up to a six so even if we were playing <laughs> even if we were playing empowered by the apocalypse game that's still a failure yeah so yeah i, I on a desperate three that's the the worst outcome i think that you're going to be moved into a hopeless position um which you know basically means that Anything you do is going to have no effect unless you find a way to to improve your your position. Yeah. Because I think that uh, you know Rosalind Norman uh, comes in uh, her her mother kind of following after her, and uh, she sees you uh, looking through you know kind of uh, uh, through the wreckage. And she's just like, what the fuck are you doing in my apartment? You know, and just kind of like comes storming at you. And I think she has a handbag and she just starts hitting you with the handbag. And um, I, I think because this was a desperate fail, um, I think that remember, you can resist uh, one or, or both of these. I think that you actually fall out the window. You kind of lose your footing as she's doing this. You don't expect her to start hitting you. And I think you are going to take the body condition bleeding because i think you're gonna get cut on the glass as you as you fall so would you like to resist one either of those i feel like we can't have you having a body condition um so so that's going to be uh, a body resist I, i imagine yep uh, so that means because I've got two things in that, that's rolling two dice, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so a Ooh, six. Oh, a good roll for one. Yeah, absolutely. And so on a uh, six on a resistance roll, you take, you mark one luck. Cool. Whew. Yeah, so I, I want to resist the bleeding yeah, condition. Yeah. So I'm still happy to go through the window, okay. but just yep. yeah. not be bleeding. Sheriff Joe sees you... Uh, kind of tumble out the the window and bold says uh, i don't believe in doors they're you know dangerous dangerous doors. uh yeah that's uh you haven't changed much uh have you bold my uh, you see my deputies in there uh i think they're uh having coffee with the grieving widow at last I saw and uh Roz is like hanging out the window, like looking down at you, like still, yeah, like right still <laughs> shouting, uh, "You motherfucker! Why are you in my apartment?" You know, whatever. And uh, and Joe's like, "Ah, uh, having having coffee, you say?" Uh well, yep. <laughs> okay, well, maybe not. She she walks. They were going to. She walks up to you and kind of offers a hand to to help you up. Not that you really would need it. Uh, I'm sure, um, but she she offers. But he does take yeah. the hand and almost topple her over in yeah. pulling himself yeah. up. She kind of lurches and she says, uh, uh, Bold, uh, what are you doing here? Well, it's funny that you should ask. 
We are, you know, the Exorcist. You're the uh, with that uh, Linda Blair girl. Sure, I haven't seen it. It was too scary for me. <laughs> but I assume that we're doing what they do in that movie. Oh, this is about the uh, the Spirit Busters thing. Yes. She pulls out the, the uh, business card. We've rebranded. It's Exospirist now. Ex- nope, that doesn't work. Ex- Exospirit. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I like the old name better. Uh, we'll take that on board uh, at our next okay, bold, meeting. We bold, will discuss Okay, that. okay. Where's your friend? He is having coffee with the bereaved widow and your deputies. <laughs> Can we cut back? Because I feel <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I feel like um, Rick has kind of... You know, he's read the room. He's like, we're on borrowed time mm-hmm. now. Uh, and so I, I think he is just trying to get as much information about this new these new murders. Mm-hmm. So that, like, I, I guess his hope is that they can move on to that location. Yeah. And hopefully do the same play of, like, get as much information as we can before we get discovered. Mm-hmm. The problem is that uh, Dale, uh, although he's not the smartest guy in the room, is not going to be inclined to believe that Sheriff Joe gave you uh, permission. That said, he's not the smartest guy in the room. So I think that if you sell it well enough, I think it can work, but uh, this is definitely a desperate role. I guess the play here is that he's trying to um, just be like, time is of the essence. Like, we need to, like, we need to move on this quickly and just kind of, like, frazzle him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just like, if there is a second crime scene, I need to get there immediately. Uh, yeah, what are, you, what are you rolling? I guess compel? Have I got compel? No, sway. Yeah, it yeah, sounds sway like sway. Yeah. Okay, so you're starting out with, uh, with two dice. Do you want to push your luck? Uh, well, probably a bad probably idea. Don't. What would a deal look like? Uh, a deal here would look like I think that. Well, I wonder if I wonder if you lose one of your items somehow. Would that just mean like marking load or like losing a thing we already? You have? you would, like something you no lo- you would no longer have access to. Like you wouldn't be able to to use. Uh, yeah, you uh, you realize uh, as you're talking. Uh, you know that thing where, like, uh, you, you try to sort of just guess whether your wallet's in your pocket without actually, like, checking? You ever have that, ever do that thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, you realize your lockpick uh, lock set is is not on you. Um, that would be the, the deal. Okay. Do I mark load for that? What? Does John mark load for that? I've got I, John's I think, character shape. No, but it just wouldn't have access to that, which potentially yeah, could okay. be helpful to yeah. get into the next crime scene or whatever, right? I think we flash back to uh, the post box scene, mm-hmm. and and Rick gets his lockpick set out and like sets it on top of the thing, and Bold just kind of reaches over and like pries the thing open, uh, and he's like, oh, but then they move yeah on yeah oh that's out, so like, good I love that yeah that's great cool so uh, so it sounds like you're taking that deal yeah all right yeah I'll take that so deal. that is going to put you at three dice uh, and again this is a desperate action let's see how it goes. Okay, so a six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we just need one. We just right, need one. exactly. Um, yeah. Well, on a desperate six, you do it. So uh, you find out that the uh, that three people were killed. Um, they were all workers at the Grand Soot Hill Mine. And uh, the, the murders took place uh, at a, a local tavern, uh, the, the Last Pint. Nice. 
Love it. I saw your pun. It's, a, it's actually it's Jim's pun. Yeah, it's oh, just is it? <laughs> I mean, I like in the in the one shot we played, he had uh, he had named a, a, a pub that. Do you call um, do you call things by pints in in the US? Yeah, some yeah. yeah yeah usually uh uh, you know if you get like a a beer that's not in a bottle or a can, you get it in a pint glass. Um, yeah. yeah, that was a very UK kind of. Yeah, yeah. We do it there. We're 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 crossing cultures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just we're I've, figuring. I've had pints of beer in the states. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to really. give you a clue here too, since since you succeeded on this. Other other than just sort of knowing where uh, this next set of murders took place, Deputy Dale says, "Well, okay. Here's the here's the weirdest thing: is multiple witnesses reported uh, uh, some kind of metal man walking off from the." bar into the woods um so report of a metal man is uh, is a clue it's colossus <laughs> hey i mean if you roll well on the uh showdown roll uh it could be colossus i guess <laughs> so uh back up front so uh back up front uh bold and sheriff joe are talking i'm realizing that i actually don't know there's more murders so mm-hmm. i can't really ask anything else bold doesn't you know. could i mean joe has just showed up yeah, I, I guess what I might say to Sheriff Joe um, is, like, I saw the scene in there and it looked like something big hit that fridge. Bigger than me, even. What do you think? You can tell she's very reluctant to uh, to answer this question in, in any way. Um, but I think that if you make a, an action roll... Mm-hmm. I think it's probably a connect roll, okay. even though I don't have anything in that. Sure. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, this is risky, I think. Well, you technically were pushed into a hopeless position. I don't think that that just gets to change. But it's yeah. not fun for me to just say you can't do this. <laughs> the hopeless position was in that room specifically, and he's fallen out. <laughs> I fell through the hopeless position. No, I I think it, let's let's go with that. I, I think that it's going to be desperate, though. Do okay. you want? Any bonus dice? If you give them to me, <laughs> I might. I might push my luck one okay. more time. Putting you at uh, five out of six luck. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so that puts you at one die for connect, and that is a six. <gasps> that you. is a six. I get friends. all my luck back. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so on a desperate six, you do it. You might not get uh, as much as kind of you were you were hoping for, but uh, no no major consequences. I, I don't I don't I don't see something human doing that. Bold. She kind of thinks sort of hard for a moment, like whether she should be sharing actual like information with you. Is that big as well? Because that's somebody like kind of admitting that there's something supernatural going. Yeah, on? I mean, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. We found uh, metal shavings. Uh, all over the uh, all over the apartment here, like uh, like it got worn. There was some. I'm surprised. Maybe you even saw it, uh, some some kind of lodged in the fridge door. Um, but it was sort of all over the place. These little bits of metal, uh, iron. I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, so you can put metal shavings down as a clue. All right. Thanks, Sheriff. We'll keep moving and we'll sort this thing out for you. And Bold starts to walk away before she can protest. Yeah, yeah. I think we kind of get a shot of her, like, kind of, you know, uh, trying to say something and and you just walk away. I think we get back in the car to 
like compiler clues. Okay. So so you go uh, you go into the I guess the back of the building where uh, uh, Rick and the the deputies are, and you just kind of like make a beeline for Rick and kind of grab him by the elbow and bring him over to the car. Is that okay? Yeah, I think so. I think we're we're done with this. I, I think Rick all that sees him coming and is like, "This is my cue." Like, because I think he he was conscious of the fact that it's like we're not really welcome here anymore. Mm-hmm. We need to make a move. Yeah, but if you get a coffee out of the exchange, yeah. Yeah, it's feeling, feeling so good about that. put that in your inventory. <laughs> <laughs> Mark one load. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to theorize? Do you want to do the showdown role here? here Can I we th- look through the love letters and determine? Who yeah, you're... that's what I was going to suggest. Yeah, because like, I feel like we skipped across that when we found them. Yeah, I think that I'm going to give you the love letters to kind of look through and bolts like <laughs> you feel weird about going through them yourself. Yeah, and also you have study, but uh, I think yeah, bolts like. Check out these love letters. <laughs> like, saucy. Being like weirdly <laughs> suggestive about it. Um, yeah, I guess we, I, I look through them and see if I can, I guess I'm trying to determine who they're from. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're all addressed to uh, Roslyn. Uh, it's all Ros. And uh, they're signed Buddy. And as you read through them, you realize that this is a, a um, unrequited love and uh, Buddy becomes kind of a little bit more and more unhinged sounding uh, throughout the letters. Um, it seems possible that maybe Roz was keeping these not, uh, you know, because she wants, uh, uh, you know, his affection, uh, but maybe in case of uh, needing to get a restraining order, something like that. I mean, that... You can't say for certain. Obviously, you don't know her intentions, but um, reading through them, it doesn't seem like someone would uh, keep them, you know, especially as you go through them, you know, towards the the sort of end of the the, the stack of them. Uh, it doesn't seem like someone's keeping them for f- because they're flattering, right? Yeah. I, I think probably there aren't any open threats, but there are, are definitely like kind of uh, gestures towards threats, if that makes sense in like the last letter i'm happy to theorize because i'm are we like about to conclude a little bit if we theorize we move into the showdown right i was just thinking like you know we're not bad people i think we would probably take one of those love letters go give it back to joe and be like hey you should probably like keep an eye on this woman like she seems to be connected to this in a weird way we found this thing that maybe keeps her out of her hair and (laughs) Make sure that she's looked after. I th- yeah, I think that you absolutely can do that. I think that it would make sense for you to do that uh, after you make the showdown roll too, after you sort of do your theorizing, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So the the way uh, this works to make the the showdown roll, you kind of take an inventory of your your clues. I'm going to ask three questions and you answer them uh, to the best of your ability uh, using the clues that you have. If you can answer a question. With at least one clue, uh, you'll get a, a die for it. If you answer a question and don't have any clues to back it up, that's okay. You can still answer the question. You just aren't going to get a, a die for it. Uh, what is the creature or phenomenon? It seems like some Co- sort of code name Colossus. It's like <laughs> some sort of oh, X Man. X Man. Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we pretty much have an, have ex, an explicit clue about what it is some sort of metal man mm-hmm. yeah like some sort of metal golem maybe mm. 
I, my theory, I don't know if this plays into it, but my theory is something went wrong at the mine. There's like a freak accident has like made somebody kind of like, you know, they've, they've joined with the iron. They kept the iron, the iron ore next to the uh, nuclear bat. <laughs> of course. It's fallen in and it's fallen in at the same time. And yeah. Um, some yeah. sort of industrial accident okay. has yeah. caused there to be some sort of like Iron Man. Yeah. We can't use that name. <laughs> uh, some sort of iron ore man. <laughs> we can we can use Colossus, but not iron. <laughs> it's very specific. Colossus is owned by US, I guess. Yeah. yeah, Colossus is owned by Sony at this point. Okay. So, it's... Yeah. so uh, okay, so some kind of metal metal man. And what clues point to that? The reports. metal shavings and reports of metal man walking off from bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you get yep, you get a, a die for that. And what does it want, or why is it here? revenge yeah i think that uh it's mad that it's lost its job and also like the unrequited love thing mm-hmm. so i think it's wanting revenge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think as well like i think this is going into my accident theory and this is a little harebrained and like tangential but i think there was an accident but they did what they could to kind of cover it up mm-hmm. and bob stood to benefit from that bob norman stood to benefit from that so he he was like Getting promoted because they were like, okay, he you covered it up. You did a good oh, job of yeah. like of glossing over this thing yeah. and yeah. making sure that operations kept moving. Yeah, we had this because when thing. things need to be covered up, you go to Bob, and that's <laughs> what happened here. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. That that's that's great. Uh, what is its weakness, uh, or how can it be contained or dealt with? Don't know that uh, we covered that. Well, no, it has feelings for Roz. We know that. So we can use that to bait it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That. Yeah. I guess we could. Because we know weakness. that it's if it's wanting revenge, it's probably going to come back for us. Hmm. So we can like stake out the apartment and jump it when it comes back. Uh, maybe that's its weakness. Okay. Ross. So uh, you're going to roll uh, three dice. Uh, this roll marks the end of the investigation and the beginning of the showdown. Use the highest single result to determine the accuracy of your theory or the usefulness of your planned approach. Six. Oh, when it mattered, we came through in the club. All right. Yeah. So on a six, your theory is correct and your plan of approach is sound. You're able to act on the exact answers you deduced. When we cut to the action, your position is safe. So you're st- you're staked out at the apartment here. There's not a chance in hell Roz would be staying here, right? Yeah. She was with her mom. That so is this sense. maybe taking place at like the mom's house? I think we've um, used the, like, I think I talked about before, like going and like handing over the mm-hmm. love letter to the police and kind of, so I think we've, we're kind of trying to be cooperative mm-hmm. in order to like bring them in on our plan. Yeah, and yeah. So we've got a level with Joe and we were like, Hey, we think that Roz is connected to this. Mm-hmm. We'd like to kind of try and be helpful and set up like a, a bit of a sting. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. so we, yeah, I, I guess we're trying to, we've kind of pulled the, the police in on our plan a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, th- I think probably, you know, Sheriff, Sheriff Joe is able to kind of like tell you to, you know, it sounds like this is, this is Buddy Kovacs. He, he worked at the mine, but he was, he was fired. He tried going back, you know, who knows what happened. He hasn't been seen for a long time. Thought he was dead, but she's like, okay, well, uh, you know, we'll, uh, We'll give this a try. So, uh, yeah, are, are you staked out at like Roz's mom's place or something? Like, yeah, wherever she's staying, I guess we're, yeah. we're kind of. 
and the and, and the cops well, would be there too. Maybe the, Ross's mom has an apartment in the same complex. No, I think that probably she, uh, you know, she she has like a, a, you know, in one of the more residential neighborhoods, she has like a, a you know, house. a house. Okay. That's the word. No, <laughs> I was gonna name off like the style of house, but I don't know if that will make any sense to to you or not uh do you have cape cods yeah it's definitely not a queenslander i know what that is from bluey um but uh i know the vampire weekend song cape cod does that help us no no i mean cape cod is a place the house is in the style of the place it doesn't matter it's like you know single single level sort of place is the is the main thing you know and uh yeah are are y'all like in the are you in the, the, the car? Are you inside? Like where, where are you kind of hold up? I think inside. Mm-hmm. I think that, do you think that you would trust us enough? I guess we, I guess like in media res, all of this kind of like plan making has happened. Like, hmm. and if, if the cops are in on it, yeah. which I don't know why the cops are letting us be there, but TV logic, for a penny in for yeah. A TV logic, yeah. And, well, you know, maybe Sheriff Joe was convinced uh, that there is something supernatural going on. I don't know, but whatever the case, we we you know we come back after commercial break, uh, after the act break, and uh, y'all are are hiding there. The the cops are you know in un- unmarked cars outside or something, and uh, you hear uh, a thump on the door, and then another, and then. The door is pushed in, kind of bursts off of its hinges. You know, splinters of wood kind of come come flying into the house. And uh, from where you're hiding, you see a very large, powerful-looking figure step in to the house. And you hear a, a voice that sounds not quite human. Roz, where are you? And uh, kind of steps in further into the house, and you see that this is yeah, uh, kind of a, a if if a big like metal like sci-fi robot and a human man uh, somehow melted together. That's basically what this guy looks like. Pretty gnarly looking. He's mostly metal, some some flesh, and uh, he's kind of like looking looking around. He's he's bigger than you are bold. He's, he's huge. I mean, I think he, he kind of has to push his way in through the, through the door. He's probably seven or eight feet tall, you know, very, uh, very wide, these huge, huge fists. What do you do? I think bold's going to try and kind of distract him so that everyone else can kind of get in place to do something. Uh, and so bold's going to put his flat cap down on the kitchen bench, uh, and kind of step towards the monster and be like, Ros ain't home. Nice. But we're ready to rumble. And I'm going to try and punch him in the face, in the metal face. I do have Relentless. Yeah, that I that would require you luck. to, to uh, yeah, use your last luck. Oh, that would put me out of the scene. It wouldn't, though, yeah. actually. So when, uh, when you uh, fill your luck track, you do Mark Doom. If you give in to your inner darkness... So, for example, lash out, hurt someone, or go too far, you can stay in the scene. Uh, if you fight off the darkness inside you, you can take a final action with improved position um, before collapsing. So either way, you'll get to do something here. If uh, if you hold off the darkness, you'll get to take a, uh, an action, but then you're going to be taken out of the scene. But if you somehow give in to your inner darkness here, 
you can stay in the scene. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Mark, luck, mark. And you can clear you clear your luck track. Feeling lucky. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a good time to hurt someone. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think this is perfect. So, relentless, you can push your luck to do one of the following. Perform a feat of physical strength verging on the supernatural or engage a small gang or large monster on equal footing. So, that's exactly what's happening here. Yeah, large monster. Yeah, and you're uh, you're in a safe position. Uh, thanks to that showdown role, just describe for me what this what this looks like. Bold is just unleashing a huge fist at the metal's creature's face, uh, and I think it. I don't know if you want me to roll for that before I describe if it actually hurts. It. Yeah, let's 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 roll it. I mean, so that definitely sounds like uh, I'm guessing rumble. Okay. Yep. You have two in that. Would you like to push your luck? All right. Let me go a little too far. Oh. Like I've, I've got a thought of something I can do that is like destructive. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit more, um, I think that, yeah, he puts his flat cap down on the bench and says he's quip. And then I think he rips the bench. Okay. okay. Like rips the bench top off yeah. and is going to smack the monster with the okay. bench top. Yeah. So the, the way you're kind of going too far is that you don't give a fuck about this place. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm just going to destroy this. Yeah. Mess. I love that. That's, that's great. Um, yeah. So you're starting out with two, uh dice um do you want to push your luck uh, now that you have uh, a totally cleared luck track um or you could make a, a deal with the darkness oh uh, yeah i'll push my luck okay. so i have three yeah dice. um and again this is this is a safe position um he's he's not expecting you here that's for for sure all right a six Thank yeah you. yeah so on a safe i just saw the one then i <laughs> uh on a on a safe six you accomplish more than expected he does not see you coming at all and you hit him across the face um and the face is one of his few fleshy parts with uh with this bench um i think probably we see some you know teeth go flying out of his mouth or something and he uh he staggers back i am at this point going to uh start a clock to represent kind of overcoming him i think this will just be a four clock as well I should make it bigger because I think you just filled in three segments of it. Let me just double check that real quick. But I mean, that makes sense, right? Like you, you really clobbered him good. It is clobbering time. So (laughs) we're getting sued. Marvel are coming for us. (laughs) I mean, at least we're only getting sued the once by Marvel. I mean, I mean, they can sue us multiple times, I guess, but it's not like multiple companies. You just filled in uh, three segments on this four clock as, uh, Buddy, uh, the the Iron Ore Man, the Iron Giant. <laughs> no, mm-mm, no, <laughs> Ore Man. We don't want that Disney heat. Wait, we've already got that Disney heat. <laughs> um, it's the problem with Disney own everything. They they own the, your podcast. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we actually did. Yeah, that's got that good Disney money. Yeah, so uh, Buddy uh, goes kind of staggering back. You're holding the the uh, you know splinters of a bench in your uh, your your meaty fists, and uh, what does Rick do? I think I really wanted to use my always prepared mm-hmm. um, at some point here. Yeah, but I don't know if I don't know if I'm being ambushed. No, but I think you can still use this. I think uh, I think that if you well, this will also uh, cause you to take a doom uh, if you push your luck. 
Um, but I think you can push your luck to flashback and set up a trap or cause a distraction. I think that that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. My idea was that like, we have like, he, he gets like hit in the head and is discombobulated and Rick is just kind of like there and sees him ahead of him. And I think we've jerry-rigged like some sort of like wire connected to electricity kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's basically like an extremely crude, extremely large taser. Okay. Was our idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love Um, that. I'm imagining like, um, like chicken wire, like fence wire or something like that. That's just like haphazardly connected to power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, uh, so, uh, push your luck to do that. And, uh, you're going to take a doom and do you, are you going to uh, give into your inner darkness to stay in the scene or are you going to take a final action with improved position before collapsing, being left for dead or otherwise taken out of the scene? That's not like your character dies. Like there's, there's a chance to pull back from that. Right. right. Yeah. 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 You, 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 yeah. You don't, you don't. Dude could die. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. if you want to die, you can die. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's really more just a, a temporary, you're temporarily kind of taken out of the action. Yeah. I, I think he, he's going to try and goad the monster to kind of like run at him. Mm-hmm. And in the process gets a little too close mm-hmm. to the thing. Yeah. So that when when he triggers it, like it kind of like catches him yeah. and it just kind of like tases him as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so uh yeah. So you've set up this trap, um, you kind of goad him into it. I think there's still an action roll here. Um, what do you what do you think uh you're you're rolling here? And you'll get the bonus die because you you pushed your luck to activate this ability. Does Sway kind of have like a, have that kind of bent to it, I guess, of like, it could be Sway or Compel, but like just this idea of like. Yeah. So uh, the description for Sway is influence with smarts, charms, or argument, argue in good faith or bad, or manipulate or seduce. So. Yeah. So I guess I'm trying to like just, yeah, I, I guess you could make a case for that. But you're trying to seduce him towards the chicken. <laughs> towards <body>. violence. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think Sway makes sense here. So, okay. So you're going to be rolling uh, three uh, three dice. Uh, Bold, you're still in the scene. Uh, are you helping here? Uh, yeah, I think that like when Buddy turns and is like walking towards, I'm going to like shove mm-hmm. him from behind as well. Okay. To assist. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like put my shoulder in. All right, so that brings you up to four dice, uh, and that's that marks luck. Yes, it? for me to assist. Yep, Johnny P, you got that's six. Almost with the crew. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, on a safe six, you you do it, and and then some. So, uh, why don't you why don't you describe to me what this what this looks like as it as Buddy steps into this I trap? Think, yeah, I think we see Buddy turning his head as as Rick is kind of like, you know, what are you waiting for? <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, and um, yeah, you see Bold kind of like shoulder him as he's already charging, but it mm-hmm. just gives him that extra lift. Uh, and we see Buddy kind of slam into, but kind of break. I, I imagine he like breaks through the, the trap. Like it doesn't, it's not like a fence mm-hmm. in terms of like it holding him, mm-hmm. but like, he just like kind of breaks through it and actually runs into Rick maybe yeah. like, which, which wasn't maybe expected. Yeah. Uh, and so 
you just see them both kind of like convulsing, mm-hmm. being electrocuted. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Rick underneath this like monstrosity of a man. Yeah. I think that we probably even get, uh, you know, a, a shot of uh, that maybe implies that, that Rick is dead. Right. After we come back from commercial break, you know, here's Rick. But mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. yeah. And uh, this uh, buddy is uh, is down for the count. I guess I'm going to ask since, you know, you two sort of took the charge on this. Did this kill him or are you like planning on handing him over to the police? Like what, what do you think? I think that he's incapacitated. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't think he's dead. So I think that, I think we do hand him over to the police and um, then kind of hand the police a receipt. <laughs> Cause yeah, we could have, we could have uh, come up with more lethal traps than that. Yeah. But I think the intention of tasing him was to like, okay, we're going to try and knock him mm-hmm. out. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think we draw a hasty receipt on the back of one of Rick's business cards. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're uh, billing you're, you're billing them for this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I think that we, uh, you know, we get a scene of, uh, you know, probably starts with, um, you know, I can't imagine that uh, Last Pine has one of those like you know like vans that police sometimes have to like round people up. Uh, there's a mm-hmm. particular name that we use for those vans here that is racist against Irish people. So, um, yeah. you used to use oh, that yeah. term, too. That term yeah. too. Yeah. But, uh, so I don't think they have one of those vans. So they probably had to like, uh, call in a favor from like, uh, you know, like the, the lumber yard or something to bring out this big truck that can actually hold buddy. Um, they're trying to figure out how to, you know, how to sort of restrain him. Um, I think he's probably still, uh, incapacitated though. And, um, they, they start loading him into the, the back of this big van. Worse still, it's a, it's a truck from the mine. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. They had to call in a favor from, from Grand Soothill. And yeah, so you see, uh, buddy getting loaded into this, this van and Sheriff Joe is, uh, is drinking a, a, a coffee and kind of standing there uh, with the, the two of you. And I, I feel like it's nighttime now. Like I know we kind of started in the morning, but I feel like it's got to be night by now. And so kind of standing there uh, in, the, in, a, you know, in a street light. Uh, well, uh, I, I guess this uh, worked out better than anyone could have imagined, huh? Worked out just like I planned. Did we decide that Rick had died? No, no, no. It was just, it was like, it was a fake out. Yeah, it was a fake out. Oh, right, right. You're back. Yeah, yeah. I I would not just tell you that you died. Like, you you would get to have some authorship in that. Yeah. You actually died off camera. It wasn't even a big deal. So we see, I mean, I guess at that point we see Rick in like an arms Uh kind of thing, like that classic, like, um, monster the rig, like. I was thinking maybe like we were, you were sitting in the back of an ambulance with like one of those blankets yeah. draped around you and like a <laughs> yeah, absolutely. and that's where we we're having the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Maybe Joe asked us. So, uh, what's, uh, what's next for, uh, for you fellas? Well, I guess we're going to bust more ghosts. I, don't know. I, I was hoping to have something more quippy, but like, I guess the plan is you pay us and we deal with threats and we're grift. <laughs> I mean, we're doing it completely uh above board we didn't really grift because we actually did do the thing we said we were going to do like there was no con involved here like but bold's not certain (laughs) about that um she she looks at the bill that you drew up and she's like uh crumbles it up in her hand well uh if you if you want to stay around there'll be plenty of plenty of things you can help with she she holds out her hand and uh tattooed on her hand between her index finger and her thumb is one of the sigils 
that you saw on the wall. And we cut to the van, uh, which says Grand Soot Hill Research and Development on the side as it drives off. And I think that's uh, roll credits. Amazing. So good. Thank you so much, Jack. Yeah, thank you for having me. That was really fun. Can so, you can you plug your game? Yes. Yeah. Where where will people be able to find it? Yeah. Uh, so again, the game is called Bump in the Dark, and it will be available on uh, itch.io. Is that pronounced itch.io? <laughs> you know, I've heard it both ways. <laughs> if you go to jexjthomas.itch.io or jexjthomas.itch.io, you will be able to find uh, find the game. It is currently uh, in beta, but is rules complete uh, with art. And, uh, um, you know, I, I dare say, uh, you know, worth, worth a gander. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JexJThomas if for some reason you wanted to. I don't recommend it. I enjoy following you on Twitter, <laughs> so I think it's a good recommendation. Yeah, thank you so much, Jex. It was a lot of fun. We really uh, love Bump in the Dark, so would highly recommend checking it out. We will also put the link uh, to that Ichio page in the uh, podcast episode description, so you'll be able to visit it via that link as well. But yeah, thank you so much, Jax, for coming and running that game for us because it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. This has been Roll for Friendship, a podcast about friendship and sometimes dragons. I feel like we shouldn't plug our stuff now. We just we just have to like wrap the episode. Go go check out everything that Jax is doing. Yes. See you next time. Stay questy. (laughs) 